Hello and welcome to Stuffing Around, Stuff's Gaming Podcast. I am joined today, as ever, by Max Malella. Hello, that's me. And I'm Nick Cowan. And we're sorry about this, listeners. We were hoping that this would leave us alone for a while, but no, Blizzard Activision is back in the news. Again, it's also kind of the only big stuff that's been happening this week, so it's it's pretty much, it's what's worth talking about. Yes, the Blizzard debacle, Mm. I mean, it's Blizzard, it's Activision Blizzard, 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 um... Continues. I think you should actually just refer to that as now from just, now on. Blizzard. Yeah. So two things, two big things have happened this week. Uh, being one, the SEC, that is the Security and Exchanges Commission mm-hmm. in, over in the U.S., has begun investigating Blizzard over the uh, the California DFEH um, suit. Suit. And and this is this is weird i think might be telling if you if if you're in the know about it but uh blizzard has just lost its uh, well i say lost their chief legal officer um claire hart has just left the company mm. um and that's that one's a bit ambiguous because she did she left and she announced it through a linkedin post but the post was kind of antiseptic yeah yeah it like that's kind of all there is to it she's she, she i left. am honored to have given my time to this wonderful company mm. Etc. Etc. Big bowl of porridge. Etc. Etc. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's I don't, there's not a whole lot more we can say there. That's only I'm not going to speculate. Uh, yeah, but you'll get sued. Exactly. By a lawyer. Ex- by a rather big, powerful lawyer. I'm I'm sure. Absolutely. But yeah. So that's that's the uh, the chief legal officer. Now the SEC, uh, if I can find this. They've subpoenaed Bobby Kotek. They they did subpoena Bobby Kotek. For those of you who don't know, Bobby Kotek is Blizzard's president. President? CEO. CEO. Right. My bad. Uh, president was the other. Activision JL, Blizzard right. CEO. Gotcha. If you want to know what he looks like, there's a rather good film about sabermetrics in baseball called Moneyball, starring Brad Pitt. Good movie. Uh, and uh, Bobby Kotek plays the owner of the Oakland Athletics. Oh, hectic. Do you remember that scene where he walks in there and goes, you got to give me more money? And I, goes, I do remember that, there, yeah. There is no more money, blah, blah, blah. That's that's, that's Bobby Kotek. That's Bobby Kotek, okay. It's the one and only time he's been in a film, and he didn't like his performance so much, he said he's never going to be in another one. So now he's head of Blizzard. Well, he's been there oh. for ages. I mean, he was there back in the Call of Duty Modern Warfare days. Okay. I think even before that. Or did he, sorry, did he start out with Activision and then when Activision Blizzard became yeah. a thing? Is, okay, yeah. I, see I mean, I, I remember the first story I ever wrote about the man, which may or may not give you an insight into his character. I don't know. But um, there was a rumor that was floating around that Modern Warfare 2 was going to be like $10 more than your average um, AAA uh, game at purchase point. Mm. And he came out and said, well, if I could, I'd charge even more for it, <laughs> which, of course, endeared him to everyone. Sure. Um, but, yeah, he's been subpoenaed. He has. So the, the SEC is, in, is looking into uh, the, the company's handling of um, allegations of discrimination, or sexual misconduct. Non-handling of. Right. <laughs> um, which, as we've discussed before, has been a bit of a, a bit of. Uh, it's like saying Hitler was naughty. Right. It's been a mess. A it's, big mess. It's been a problem. All over the, yeah, all over the place. It's, it's been, you know, obviously the allegations themselves are shocking, horrendous. I'm, I doubt I doubt people haven't heard about them at this point. There have been some really horrendous things alleged against um, people in Blizzard. And Blizzard's higher-ups handling of the situation has been very poor. I mean, they've lost their head of legal recently. Yeah. They lost their head of HR, I think, uh, a while back they as did. well. They, they, and they. didn't you say someone from Overwatch 2's team has also oh, yeah, shuffled I, off out the building? I literally, so I, I looked at this as I was walking in. But yes, apparently, um, the, chief, the Overwatch 2 chief 
has uh, has left Activision Blizzard, which is interesting because Overwatch Two is a, a, a reportedly in like the end stages of development. Mm. Mm. Um, he didn't announce it on LinkedIn, though, did he? Let's have a look. Uh, apparently, it was it was first reported by Bloomberg. Okay. So they they must have they must have grabbed it. So in other words, we're you know deep in the dog days here with Activision Blizzard. Uh, the CEO subpoenaed, head of legal is gone. Another big noise on one of their biggest IPs is gone. Mm. And uh, the debacle just keeps on trucking. Again, we've said this a couple of times before. I just want to see something good come of this. Mm. You know, and I'm also, as much as I hate, or as much as I feel, feel you know, sad and disgusted every time I see it pop up in the news, I'm glad it's still being talked mm. about. Because mm. the worst thing that could happen would be if it just, Fizzled out and disappeared. Just disappeared, which is mm. sadly what happens a lot of the time with things like this. Mm. Well, I mean, here's hoping. Here's hoping. All we can do from our end of space on our minimum wage is cross our fingers and go, we hope things turn out better than they have been recently. Exactly. Mm. Well. Moving along. Moving along. Um, I got to sit in on a panel discussion or two and have an interview you with people indeed. behind uh, Far Cry 6. Very interesting. Tell us all about it, Nick. Okay. Are you are you allowed to tell us all about it? Um, were, well, there, were there some NDAs uh, signed? There, there were some. Are NDAs. you allowed to tell me that you signed NDAs? Um, Don't yeah. answer that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put it this way: by the time everyone hears the podcast, the NDA, well, the embargo will have expired. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Um, there's probably going to be something on the site that I'll. No, there is going to be something there on the site that I'll link to in the uh, description it's below. It's loaded in the back end, ready for your eyeballs. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk us... I'll talk you through what we already know. Right. Right? Far Cry 6. Far Cry 6 is set on a uh, island nation, which is um, essentially, in terms of its topography, vegetation, climate, um, if not... I, I don't think it looks exactly the same as its source material, but it's basically Cuba. Right. They call it Yara. There are obviously um, different pieces of it, you know, the way the, the shape of the island for a start is different to Cuba. Mm. But they essentially um, have rooted it in both the culture and the environment of Cuba. Cool. Cuba, as you know, has a long and checkered history when it comes to rebellion, revolution, politics. Politics. Yep. Uh, and, and I would say not just internal politics, I would say also politics outside. World politics, yeah, indeed. You know, I, yeah, mean, big. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of the history of Cuba you know. So the big, I mean, the big things I know about Cuba are a lot of its um, internal, you know, uh, civil disruption in terms of politics. And obviously, I mean, we studied this in history in high school, um, The the their context or, or their, their um, Involvement in the Cold War between mm. uh, so basically your knowledge begins with the um, successful coup d'état run by Fidel Castro yes and um, God I, I can't believe I can't remember Che Guevara Che that's Guevara it. that's about he's, he's the one he's the one who's on all the t-shirts I, indeed indeed yeah. um, and um, runs the gamut through to the Cuban Missile Crisis yes I do I do know uh, a lot about that I also do you know, know about the Bay of Pigs I, of course I know about the Bay of Pigs right and you may or may not know that uh, during the 1980s uh, Fidel Castro basically ran it up all the people in prisons that he didn't like and sent them to Miami. I, I do, I do remember that. I also remember Cuba being uh, relatively involved with uh, South African politics mm. um, to, you know, within the 1980s, 1990s. Mm. Um, but yes, so I, I know, I know, for, and, and, and I'm sure most people listening have some idea of Cuba's tumultuous okay. history. So the tumultuous history of Cuba does feed into the tumultuous setting of Yara, Yara. which is run by a dictator called Castiello. Okay. who is played by uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, okay. If you ever saw Breaking Bad... I d you, yes, I do. You'll remember him as Gus Fring. I do remember him. By the way, Mr. Esposito 
while he is known for Gus Fring, um, he has been in a plethora of films. He's he's good in everything. He's 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 a, he's a really good actor. He really is. Yeah, I really like seeing him crop up. Yeah, um, and so he basically runs the show. Mm. He is developing a uh, a, a, a vaccine. <laughs> Okay, for, topical. Yeah, um, which he plans to essentially hold onto the rights of and use as a bartering chip on the international stage. I mean, that's, you know, relatively right. true. This is pretty accurate. On the one hand, you could say he's a brutal dictator, because he is. Right. On the other side of the coin, as every single bad guy in the history of most bad guys, he doesn't really see himself as the bad guy. Sure. He sees himself as a necessary means to an end for the benefit of his people. Um, I mean, one of the things that comes up in the trailers and the panel discussions that was held was that Castiello is very, very vocal about the fact that Yara has just been pissed on by... um, strong western powers and mm. strong and uh, strong eastern powers its entire um you know life and so he's very much in a position to leverage what he has to get what he can for both himself and his people right um <clears throat> doesn't really excuse him for mowing down innocence though but for for him in his mind he's just breaking mm. a few eggs right um you play a revolutionary called Danny Rojas right and um she is part of a guerrilla movement who are trying to overthrow Castillo. Cool. Um, what else would you like to know? Because I was fortunate enough that I got an interview, which, what, like as we said at the top of this, um, is on the site, yep. with the narrative director, Navid Kavari, who had quite a few things to say. I mean, arguably one of the more important, well, I mean, more, most one of the most important people in any video game would be a narrative director. <laughs> but in, in this particular game, possibly the most important mm-hmm. person, because I remember... We, we've spoken about this before on the yeah. podcast. We spoke about Far Cry 6. I think it was even back when Brad was here mm. and how people were talking about, I think some I, someone had mentioned like, oh, it won't be political, but the whole thing is if you've set it in pseudo-Cuba, mm. it's going to be political. Well, I mean, There's if you're, no way you if you're plonking players it. in the boots of a revolutionary... It's political. Right. There's not... <laughs> you can't really... Uh, right. And and, and um, there's... Okay, and I know we'll get to this other, this other piece later, but mm. one of the things that came up in... Um, uh, the the panel discussions they showed us a clip where one of the characters goes revolutions are not won by the fearless they are won by the feared which opens up a huge can of worms when you're talking about the morality of the protagonist right. given what side of the conflict they're on so me being the intrepid reporter that i am yes i put it to him i said well i mean in the past obviously the um the line that comes out of Ubisoft is, our games aren't political. Mm. Yeah. Whether it's The Division or whether it's Watch Dogs Legion, sure. it's not political. And he gave me a very good answer. He basically said, look, I can't, I can't speak to what people have said in the past. Mm. Right? But you can't have a game, and I'm paraphrasing now, sure. you can't have a game where you're playing a revolution, a revolutionary um, as part of a rebel movement aimed at overthrowing a dictator and say well, politics aren't involved. There's no politics going on. Okay. He said, and this is actually, it was such a good quote that I stuck it in the title. He said, Far Cry 6 was always going to be political in nature. So that's a little bit of a, uh, a, a maybe, U-turn. Maybe I was going to say a U-turn exactly. Except that's maybe it's not a U-turn. I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, maybe it's just a new bold direction that a d- development team is allowed to strike out in. And, you know, maybe... And once again, I can't speak to the mindset of anybody working on Far Cry Three. Oh, sorry, Far Cry Six. But maybe they're just as sick as everybody else of you know Ubisoft going. No, no politics here. Well, I mean, I I think, you know, obviously, um, 
and we know this about about you know gamers as an audience in general. Uh, Keep po- your politics po- out of my game. Right, but it's also that, and also even even if you don't, especially if you don't, um, politics can divide mm. uh, you know gaming the mm. gaming community um, quite mm. violently. Um, well, hopefully not violently. I does okay. Viscerally, I, yes. I meant metaphorical violence. Yeah, okay, I yeah. just meant that the the, the, yeah. the overall aura of it. Anyway, point being, um, it probably hurts your bottom line if you are potentially alienating a pa- large chunk of yeah, gamers, a, a particular si- political spectrum of your gamers. Mm. Um, so it, it's probably you know good advertising practice to be like, no, 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 it looks political. We promise it's not. Please buy it. Mm. Everyone, please buy it. Mm. Not just people who like this kind of politics. Mm. Um, so I think it's quite admirable that you've got. Who did you say you were talking to? Was it Mr. Navid? Right, Mr. Navid was was willing to well, say no. Navid, it's yeah. that is his first name. Oh, sorry, Kavar- well, Mr. Kavari. Mr. Kavari was was you know. Um, bold enough to say no it's it's political it was always going to be political I don't actually think it was bold I just think he just went look you've seen the game mate what do you think he's not gonna he's you you serious know, <laughs> he's not gonna mess with you he's like I can't no you've no, seen look, it it was actually a really good interview because it was very very straightforward on a number of things I mean one of the things that came up was he said the thing is we live in this age now um where people want really easy answers to very very complex situations they want a situation where you've got the good guys over here and the bad guys over mm. here and the truth is, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Life isn't quite as simple as Star Wars. Indeed. <laughs> if only. If only. If only. If but only. it's not. No. Um, and, um, you know, uh, I said to him, will, will, you know, you, will you be exploring that sort of grey area which revolutionaries inhabit? And he said, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be one character you're going to run into. And he said, I'm not going to tell you who it is. <laughs> but there's one character who, ran, who you ran into who actually voted for Castillo who believed in everything that he was saying. And then after seeing what he was actually like in power, he's joined the rebels. Mm. So it's like, you know, political convictions are going to be questioned, um, possibly social ones too. Mm. I mean, he was mentioning things in the interviews. He said, you mean, you're dealing with um, issues in the game, like the rise of populism and fascism. You're dealing with um, issues that center around the LGBTQ plus mm. Um, community you know you can't say it's not political you can't not with a straight face Mm. well he didn't say that last bit i did no sure but but it was implied it was implied but and and um you know kudos to him yeah kudos to the team look i've never been um look full disclosure i've played two hours out of three far cry games maybe and i can't even remember which ones they were definitely three definitely four maybe five Mm. i've never been a massive far cry fan it's never really appealed to me but i mean just hearing you talk about this the um the territory that this this game is trying to venture into Mm. obviously depending on how successfully it goes with it i'm i'm really interested to Mm. see how it looks i'm really interested to play it Mm. um see how they handle this 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 very delicate mm. topic. Well, I mean, that having been said, there are obviously accoutrements to it that you wouldn't mistake outside of a Far Cry No, game. no, sure. I mean, for example, you're going to be able to get customized weapons where, you know, they use everything from a buzzsaw to a stapling gun slammed together. Because, you know, it, they're a guerrilla, they're a guerrilla uh, movement. Mm. You don't always have access to a crate of AK-47s. Right. Sometimes you got to go around the house with a, some masking tape and a soldering iron and do what you got to do, you know. Um, you know, there's there was one weapon I remember that was showcased that literally um, was a CD player, and and you had to be careful with how you use it because as you aimed it, the CD starts playing. Oh, so if you're doing a stealth <laughs> so, mission, so, so someone turns around, you're like, better fire it pretty quickly. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is also what I liked about it because I've actually been to Cuba. 
Right. What it captures there is like this very, very, um, un- and I think it's, I mean, it's, I think it's unique to Cuba, certainly in that part of the world, mm. in the Caribbean, where Cuba kind of seems to be a weird um, mesh of, you know, very old, wonderful looking buildings. But obviously, you know, 20th century tech in the hands mm. of everybody out there. Um, but you're more likely to see someone driving a 1960s Chevy Impala than you are them to see them driving a Toyota Etios, yep. for example. It's uh, the- because of the sanctions that have been laid against Cuba. And obviously, as by extension, have been laid against Yara. So it, it, it captures it very, very well. And also captures the culture of the people very well. So wait, what exactly is the um, the, the the time period that this game is set it's in? It's set in the present. Is, is it more, okay, it is present. So it's not like it's, not like it's set in, in revolutionary no. Cuba. No, it's set in the present. Well, it's not even set in Cuba. It's set right, in Yara. Yara I mean, um, but it's it's set in the present, um, and you know the voice acting is great, the character models are great. Um, there's a lot of variety in the environments you're tooling around in. Are there are there any um, any names we might know in the cast? Well, apart from Giancarlo, right? Uh, well, um, I've seen the cast list. I didn't really see anybody okay. who had seen in anything and, else. And are you? But not- then again, m- maybe. I'm not as hip and down with the indie scene as I used to oh, be. Look, I'll be I'll be the first to admit you know you know many more voice actors and actors mm. than I do. So I was I was appealing to your authority no. there. But. No, but uh, <laughs> you creep. Um, <laughs> but no, but um, but no, I, I didn't see too many of those. Um, there was one other thing I was going to mention about the game, but now I've forgotten because you threw me off. I was sorry that I derail you there. You did derail me sorry a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, if I remember, we'll come back. We can to come it. back to it. But I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, and, and and I'm I'm a player who, after playing Far Cry Five, went. I think this franchise needs a break, in much the same way that um, Assassin's Creed needed a break after Syndicate came mm. out. That having been said, I still think Far Cry Five is a very good game, mm. um, and I and I have rediscovered Syndicate, um, you know, recently, and I enjoy that. But at the time, I think they needed a break. Mm. Um, but yeah. So Far Cry Six sounds looks really good. Yeah, it looks good. And, and sounds it, interesting. And is taking some steps that we haven't seen. Well, we have seen. It's just that Ubisoft haven't held their hands up and gone. Yes, we're taking these steps. Yeah, we're taking them. Watch it, us take these steps. It's, it's going to be political. Yeah, it's going to mm. be political. It's political in nature. Mm. Mm. Oh, one thing I was going to mention. Oh, you I remembered. remembered. Excellent. Right. So there All are right. different factions around the island that Let's you can team it. up as well. Okay. Right. For example, there's one faction who are like, screw this. Let's just break out the guns and start. Getting militant here, and anyone who gets caught in a crossfire, tough. That's what happens in war. It's collateral. But then there's others who are like, no, well, let's actually take a more measured response. You know, um, you know, not just skit, scop, and donner the entire time. <laughs> but in actual fact, bear in mind that you know, if you're doing this for people, you can't just you know brutalize the people in there. You know, in order to, uh, well, you can't really brutalize a bunch of people who are already being brutalized and say we're better than the people who are currently brutalizing we're you. Here to, we're here to save you. Yeah, yeah. So there was that. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to playing Far Cry Six. Mm, me too. Um, it looks it looks a lot more layered than Far Cry has in the past. Um, and I'm always a sucker for Giancarlo because <laughs> I love that man. Yeah, fair enough. So, so we have a little bit of time left. We do indeed. Um, in which case, you have been catching up on your back catalogue. I have. I went back. I recently went back to my um, to play list, which I, I haven't touched in a in a little bit. Um, and I saw uh, it, was, it was a weirdly different title to the titles I've got because obviously on on my list I've got I've got Bio- Halo, Bioshock, Halo, Bioshock, Dead Space, Dead Space, Batman, Arkham City, Batman, Arkham Asylum, and yeah. then. 
somewhere in the middle, I, don't, I, I saw Ori in the Blind Forest, which mm. I remember from the early days of the Xbox One. Mm. Maybe not the early days, but... It, 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 it was on that generation. Yeah, it made waves on that generation. And I went, cool. Also, and for good reason. Right, So I, and I picked it up... Um, if only because I saw the box... You know, Ori's got... If you've never seen the box art for or, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, mm. you can never forget it once yeah. you've seen it. It, is it looks a, like a big bear cradling a little person. It looks good. It looks a lot like a like a, a weirdly neon, modern, um, Studio Ghibli kind of looking yeah. thing. And but, but also, you wouldn't mistake it for a Studio Ghibli. It's oh, got, yeah, no, it's, absolutely. It's got a very, very... It's got a very unique look. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it's got that all to itself. I don't think I've seen a game look like that before or since you know fr from what i um f just in terms of the art style the, the best way i can think to describe it is like painted or airbrushed neon mm, mm. you know uh or neat like but it has a warmth yeah like painted well. bloom mm. it's it's gorgeous mm. and and you should honestly before i even start talking about the game you should play ori in the blind forest just for how it looks it's mm. a piece of art mm. Um, but the game is a Metroidvania. I've also never played a traditional Metroidvania before. Mm. For those of you who don't know, Metroidvanias are games that take inspiration from um, Metroid, mm. the Metroid series, and the Castlevania games, which mm. have you going through um, a bunch of levels and areas that are interconnected, and the more you go through, the more you pick up items that let you explore more areas mm. and progress through the game. Mm. It's a very satisfying genre. Mm. Um, it's side-scrolling, but not in one direction, and you yeah. find yourself doubling back every now and then here and there. Discovering secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there are a massive genre of games that have been around for a while, um, and I've, I've never got around to playing them. I've always meant to play Metroid, but because uh, I played Prime and I really liked it. Um, but, but Ori, mm. coming back to Ori, is set in this beautiful little forest where you play as this little wisp cat mm. thing called Ori, who mm. actually grew out of a tree, um, uh, or grew out of a leaf that flew off of like this tree of life mm. figure. And if, in, in a nutshell, your job is the land is kind of dying, dying. Um, the tree is dying, and your job is to get back to the tree because it needs you. It needs all mm. of its leaves to be alive, mm. um, and your job is to get back to the tree and bring life back to the land. And there's a there's a villain who I don't know much about yet, but she it's a she it's a she's a big bird I think mm. um, likes the darkness more, and she's there to stop you. Mm. And you 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 run through these levels, these gorgeous levels, mm. um, you know, jumping and 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 um, collecting items and and unlocking new areas and um, Gaining experience points that you can increase your ever-growing skill list, which yep. lets you unlock more areas mm. and find more items. And it's it's such a satisfying loop mm. um, where when baked into the aesthetic of Ori is also just... It's weirdly zen. Because have you played Ori in the Blind Forest? Yes, I have. And right. I was about to point out you have left out a rather big thing oh, that happens at the beginning. I don't want to spoil which, it Which for I anyone. think you have the duty... Do I have to Did talk it? about it? Well, let me put it to you this it way. It hurts, Nick. I, I um, you know, my 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 eleven-year-old stepdaughter oh. Maya, um, was just looking through uh, the stuff on my playlist, and she's like, "There's nothing on here for me to play." And I realised, you know what? She's absolutely right. Probably not into Titanfall Two or Yakuza. <laughs> I'll look at some things and I'll download them. And I'll look at the age restrictions very, very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> so I downloaded stuff like Zoo Tycoon. Um, and um, more, or in the blind forest was one of them, and she played the opening. Oh, Nick! And you know what happened in the opening? I do know which what we don't in the have opening. to reveal. Actually, we shouldn't. It's very sad. But she just she basically came into the kitchen and said, "How could you do that to me?" <laughs> so I was like, "What are you talking about?" I just played or in the blind forest, and you played it, and you know how it started. What do you have to say for yourself? I was like, 
I'm sorry. And that, that's when the and then she went to her room and slammed the door. Oh, dude. I mean, and she and every single time when we come back and I say, "Is there anything you want to play?" Not Ori and the Blind Forest. Oh, no. Okay. Well, well I, I think that you know what Ori has aged very well. Yeah. I mean, it's I not th- like it's not particularly old. But no, no, absolutely. But like, I think it will continue to age well on successive generations. Mm. I think that unless you know you're literally in the game playing it at some point in 2050 you're still gonna someone somewhere will still pick up this game mm. you know um i think that we'll just leave it until she's a little bit older to to really get through that to, emotional to really get heartbreak through that. but like she was really upset i was like, really, really upset you were probably less upset than she was i would like to contest that <laughs> i also went to my room and slammed the door i came out an 11 year old girl I, I'm an emotional person, Nick, and it's a sad opening, and it's a testament to the game design that it hurt me in such a way. Right. You carried on playing it, though, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. It's so good. Yeah. I have to, for Ori's sake. <laughs> I'm connected with this little guy now. My God. It's a good game. No, it is a very good it's game. It's a brilliant game. Also, the soundtrack is incredible. I know, the soundtrack's great. It's, like, every inch of it is just packed with style and and that that same bloom and or like glow that we were talking about in the um in just in the art style kind of bleeds into every every mm. you know it's in the music it's in the gameplay it's in the animation mm. it's it's a wonderful wonderful it's very hard not to love oh well i mean wait until you get to the sequel oh i'm so excited Warrior oh. and the willow of the wisps that's really good too. I'm so glad there's a sequel. And if you're listening to this, it's on Game Pass. It is. Um, it's also never. It's not expensive to buy. Um, otherwise, no. if you'd like to own it, yeah. Uh, which I I will buy it at some point because I want the box. Mm. Is the big thing for me. Well, it was a digital only download, I think. Or was it? I think so. I don't think you could buy a box copy. Oh. I could be wrong. I stand to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, in you mean you hope I'm wrong? I hope you're wrong. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Right. Well. Thank you. On that emotional note, (laughs) thank you very much, Max. Thank you for having me, Nick. And we'll chat to you all next week. Enjoy the public holiday tomorrow.